Welcome to the Shanna Plan. This is episode 97. Episode Brian Young. Episode Nick Bosa. Bosa. Brian Young is going to be in the Hall of Fame here soon enough. So congrats to him, man. Um, We are going to talk about, talk a little over-unders for Trey Lance today. But before we get into that, let's talk about what happened with Debo Samuel over the weekend. So for those of you that are unfamiliar, Debo was at a camp. And at this camp, there was a viral autograph video, uh, autograph gag. And so essentially, there was a fan that was asking Debo if he could sign his autograph. A kid. Debo, uh, uh, yeah, I shouldn't say a fan. I should be very specific here. It was a kid. And this child asked Debo, can you sign an autograph? And he's like, no, I can't sign that. And then since in today's world, everything is recorded, and naturally it comes off as Debo's just shrugging his kid off, and he's a selfish superstar who doesn't want anything to do with the kid. Or that's at least how Twitter portrayed it naturally. And without hearing both sides of the story, um, a, a bit of the internet started to turn on Debo, saying it was a bad look for the 49ers. Why would Debo sign this autograph for the kid? So I've worked some camps over the years with Larry Fitzgerald, and it's sort pretty, of like, um, well, <laughs> it's not <laughs> like I'm getting paid a ton to do this, but I I feel like I've, I've seen this hap- happen firsthand. So uh, what happens is these guys come in and when that happens, they are told, hey, you can do this, you can do this and you can do this. Essentially, a lot of it comes down to, you know, they're not allowed to go outside of their quote unquote realm to sign random autographs, which makes complete sense because if you sign one, then you're going to have to sign every individual kid. What usually happens is after the camp, the players take a picture when with each group of kids And from there, each kid gets that picture with their quote unquote team, the player, and they get that photograph autograph. That's generally how it's worked for three years in this specific camp. Not saying that's like every camp, but I imagine it's not far off from that. So in this sense, um, Debo actually went on to tweet about this later. He said, uh, 400 campers, I wasn't able to autograph personal items, but every camper went home with a signed photo. So essentially exactly happen uh wishing everybody a happy and healthy fourth july weekend and then signs his own tweet Debo. Debo. um what so this was in his home state of south carolina um, again i didn't think much of it i i don't know what everybody was expecting i don't know if you know if they think Debo hears his name he has to turn around and sign it drop stop everything that he's doing turn around and sign it um what, what was your takeaway from this I can't believe it became as big of a deal as it did because it felt like people bullied Debo into responding back to it. I can't believe he said anything in the first place because, A, it's an out-of-context 10-second video. You don't know what was said before, what happened, what the deal is at the camp like you mentioned. Um, Does, you know, clearly the the kid went home with a picture, uh, a signed picture, and then a picture with Debo, Samuel, uh, because I think Debo Instagrammed it later. Uh, just talking about the camp in general. So just very on brand for today's day and age where people just are up in arms about random things. So I didn't think much of it. You know, I don't think it reflects Debo Samuel any way, shape or form. It's pretty clear. He's beloved in the locker room and just in the community trade request aside. So I can't 
you know, I can't say this one thing is some indictment of his character or anything like that. And, you know, like you mentioned with Larry Fitzgerald's camp, clearly there's some sort of, uh, you know, process in place with that many kids and how they get uh, autographed items and things like that. So I'm sure, I'm sure it's just an out of context thing and poor Debo had to actually respond to it. Yeah, it's, it is pretty crazy that he has to go out of his way to talk about something that he could not control, something that had no that he had no um, effect on. Okay, let's turn the page from Debo. We are going to talk about Trey Lance. It is somewhat impossible to predict what's going to happen with Trey Lance this season. He could be all over the place. He's walking into an offense that was top eight essentially across the board in everything. Six in EPA per play. He's fifth in dropback EPA. Uh, they were eighth in rushing EPA per play. Six in third down conversion over expectation. Fourth in red zone touchdown percentage. Uh, they even didn't really turn the ball over uh, per the rest of the league, according to the rest of the league. Uh, they were seventh in turnover EPA, second in yards per play, and fourth in explosive play rate. So when I think of the 49ers offense, I think, wow, they left a ton of yards on the field last year. Then when I read off all of those stats, like, dang, like they were pretty freaking good at the same time. So maybe we were just asking too much. Maybe because of the talent on the team, Tebow Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and then obviously Trent Williams in the offensive line. The, uh, again, Trey Lance is walking into a situation where you think he's going to be successful. Um, so we're going to talk a little over-unders. We're going to talk about you know what we think is going to happen. We're going to compare him to – Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, and then some of the other rookie quarterbacks from last year. It's important to note that as many holes as, you know, they're perceived to be along the offensive line, that was the case last year, and they finished uh, 10th in pass blocking efficiency. Um, adjusted sack rate, not so much. They were 28th, but that is a quarterback stat, and that is something. I was actually watching um, the Cardinals game. I think it was the, the second one, the Colt McCoy, McCoy game, which was a gym. <laughs> There were some. I can't believe where you watched that, man. Oh God! I was looking to see all, what I was doing. Is I'm I'm pretty sick. I was watching the some of their fumbles o- over uh, 2021, and they had some. And I wrote a piece about uh, the luck factors for the 49ers on Niners Nation, and some of the fumbles that they had last year were just inexcusable, man. And in that game, if you remember, they were driving. Uh, Jimmy hits Kittle in stride, and somebody. Yep. From behind George, uh, just post the ball out. Yep, and drive dead. Later on in this in the series or in the series in the half, uh, he throws a. Do you remember the jump ball or yep. it was over the middle to Ayuk and Ayuk makes a crazy play where he goes up and gets it, comes Tries down, get yak. gets back up with like three dudes surrounding him, and naturally somebody pokes the ball out of him. So that I feel confident that they're going to score touchdowns on those plays, but uh, or possessions. I was going to say, I remember the Twitter argument for days on that one. Should Jimmy Garoppolo thrown the ball? You know, if he had thrown the ball better, Brandon Ayuk wouldn't have fumbled it. And then there was a camp that was like, he caught it. He can't fumble it. It was insane. What do you, that what do you say days. on that? Uh, he caught it. So, after, like, should Jimmy Garoppolo have made a better throw? Of course. But he made the catch. So, I can't be like, well, you know, the fumble is Jimmy Garoppolo's fault. But in the moment, you're like, it's 10's fault. If he had just thrown a better ball, he wouldn't have fumbled it, and they would have won the game. You know, that's that's where it always goes back to. And then you just get get labeled a hater. Natural reaction for Ayuk, and some of the some of the responses were, just stay down, stay down. I mean, natural reaction is get up and score. So I don't uh, feel like that's true either. 
Um, okay, but so as far as the 49ers offense goes, we have to remember as we're talking about this that there are questions along the offensive line. There is no better left tackle than Trent Williams, but gone is better than Alex Mack. So they're going to have to not only break in a new quarterback, but we're talking about a new center, a new left guard. And does Daniel Brunskill play center? Does Daniel Brunskill play right guard? Does Jalen Moore play right guard? So we're talking about three positions up in the air, and, and this is right down the pipe. So uh, keep that in mind as you're making projections. Okay, so let's start with the not-so-obvious one, but starts. I don't think we can take starts for granted based on the quarterback that we just got done watching for five years. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, so since 2017, he only threw double-digit touchdown passes in two of those seasons because he wasn't healthy. Is that going to be an issue for Trey Lance? Over, under, 13 starts this season for Trey Lance. This is a tough one because if you go back to his collegiate career, you'd say that he wasn't a player that missed any time due to injury. And then you look at his rookie season, he had multiple injuries. He had the finger in training camp uh, where – you know, on his throwing hand as he was coming down, he hit uh, someone's helmet. And it turned out that was a, a an injury that was a bigger deal than the 49ers let on because they said it affected his throwing motion, his accuracy, and it was something that took a lot longer to heal than they anticipated. And then he obviously dealt with the foot-ankle issue after the Cardinals game, and a lot of people attributed that to the fact that Kyle Shanahan ran him, you know, double-digit times in that game and, and potentially, you know, putting him in a spot uh, to risk an injury like he he had. So he dealt with multiple injuries and just, you know, two and a half starts, um, and not counting preseason training camp time. But so it's hard for me to say, okay, he's going to be healthy for 17 games. Then you look at his college career, he didn't miss any time. So I would say over 13, you say 13 and a half? Yeah, 13 and a half. I'd say over 13 and a half. Maybe he misses like a game or two. You know, that's happened to Patrick Mahomes, right? Was it last year, a couple years ago, he missed a game. And then he came back. So I can see something like that maybe. But, you know, hopefully unless it's something major, you, you don't expect him to miss that much time. Yeah, and you, brought, you bring up Mahomes. Mahomes missed one start in 2020, and then he missed two starts in 2019. And he played all of 2018. So it's been a game here and there for Mahomes, which isn't too big of a deal. But you have to wonder with Trey Lance. So you brought up the injuries early in the season, like the training camp one, you can't ignore that. I feel like that's naive to ignore that and just to throw it up to the side because it's, I mean, a finger, it's just throwing finger. And obviously that lingered into the season that had a big reason, or that was a big reason why he didn't end up starting. So the one thing that I would, you know, question is how is Shanahan going to use Trey Lance? Is he going to uh, jam him up the middle on these high leverage runs when they it's third and second or sorry, third and two and, they don't know what to do, but I guess at the same time, that so when people are looking at the selection of Ty Davis Price, you know, a good size running back, that to me is not so much Debo's not going to have to carry the ball, but I'm not going to have to rely on Trey Lance running the ball in the short yardage situation. So maybe uh, they're looking at TDP as their short yardage all around back, goal line back, all of that. So um, hopefully that keeps Trey Lance healthy and. It'll be interesting to see how many square shots he takes because he's going to run around. He's going to scramble. He's, he's a mobile quarterback. He's a four or five guy. So they're going to rely on that athleticism. And Trey's going to rely on that athleticism naturally. So I think the question is, um, how many times do defenders get square shots on him? How does he protect himself? How does he slide on all that jazz? So 
I'm going to go over just because it is really tough um, to get square shots on those type of players. And from everything that I've seen from him, it, it doesn't seem like he's going to put himself at risk. So I feel good about going over 13 and a half. And I mean, just if Trey Lance is on the field, he's going to perform. Okay. Let's talk about touchdown passes. So as I mentioned, um, just when Jimmy was on the field, he threw 20 touchdown passes in 2021. And then going back to 2019, he threw 27 touchdown passes. And I guess we should also throw in the rookies here. Uh, you have their rookie touchdown totals from last year. Do you have those? I do. So Mac Jones led the way uh, with 22 touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, uh, or sorry, Davis Mills next with 16. And then Trevor Lawrence with 12, Zach Wilson with nine, and Justin Fields with seven. Obviously, the caveat there is that Zach Wilson, Justin Fields didn't play a full season. They played 13 and 12 games, respectively. Davis Mills had 16 touchdowns in 13 games. So if he played another four games, he might he might be the rookie leader in touchdowns. So, But Matt Jones kind of set the pace at 22 touchdowns last season. So average, league average was Ryan Tannehill, uh, 16. Uh, he threw 21 touchdowns. It is very fitting, actually. So the number that I'm going to say is knowing that league, league average is 24. Uh, Trey Lance, he's not going to be on the same curve as everybody else. He was the third overall pick. And I, that's important to point out as we're going through this because um, he has to perform like the third overall pick. So I would say over under 24 and a half touchdown passes, which, again, might seem high. But I feel like Shanahan and most good offensive coordinators like McVay did it more and more with um, – Matt Stafford last year, like they pad their guys stats, especially once they get to the goal line. So 24 and a half touchdown passes for Trey Lance in year one. Do you think that's going to happen? 24 and a half is a good number. Um, so what Kyler threw last year, Russell Wilson threw 25, Kyler threw 24, Derek Carr threw 23. That's, that's about the ballpark that he's in. Which makes Jimmy Garoppolo's 27 touchdowns from 2019 actually look pretty good in in retrospect. Um, I'm going to say under, uh, just conservatively, I think, given the rookie numbers that I just listed out. Um, I, you know, from a Trey Lance perspective, especially when it comes to passing touchdowns, I think he'll have some rushing touchdowns in the red zone as well. That'll contribute to his total touchdowns. Um, similar to the end of the half, end of the half play against Green Bay week three at Levi's where he, you know, he scored from inside the five, I think it was on, on fourth and goal. I think he'll have some rushing touchdowns. So maybe his total volume exceeds that 24 and a half, but I don't think the passing, uh, touchdown number does just given, you know, some of the rookie numbers we listed and then some of the veteran numbers he listed out, right? Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, all those guys, they're, they're just kind of hover around that number. And I think. For someone that's a first-time starter, you know, for a full season, that's it's a tough it's a tough mark to cross. Um, you think he reaches Mahomes' fifty by by any chance? We, yeah, I don't think he's gonna sniff fifty. I I looked back and I was like, he threw fifty touchdowns in twenty eighteen. Like, holy hell, we're talking about twenty four and a half. Mahomes threw twice that. That's insane. Um, and okay, you brought up twenty nineteen, Jimmy G. How he got there. 
is we like we should talk about that. So That's he threw four against the Saints. He threw four against the Cardinals. He threw four against the Cardinals again. He threw three against the Bengals. So he's having these multiple touchdown games. Whereas 2020, he never threw more than two touchdown passes in a game. And he actually had a game against the Bears where he didn't throw any touchdowns. Most of the games he just threw one, and overwhelmingly that was the, the theme in 2019 as well. But he had a one two three games in 2019 where he didn't throw any touchdowns either. I don't think that's going to be the case for Lance. I think he's going to pretty consistently score, you know, throw a touchdown each game. But now the question is, are those, will there be more threes than ones? And I don't think that's going to be true. So I'll go under two, but I think it's a good point um, just about the rushing numbers. So let's get into that rushing touchdowns for Trey Lance. Let's set that number at seven. Seven rushing touchdowns. So seven and a half, let's call it. Seven and a half. Uh let's see. How many rushing touchdowns did Jimmy Garoppolo have last year? Do you have any idea? I have an I have the number in front of me. Do you have a guess? Yeah, yeah, I have it in front of me too. Um okay, it's, never mind. it's a fun. very right. I would not have <laughs> guessed that number. It is low. So he had three in 2021. Uh, he had one in 20, 2019. So Jimmy, not a scrambler, um, as we all know. But Best fourth down rusher, though. <laughs> they were quarterback very, sneaker. They made sure to tell us at every opportunity they could that you know one of Jimmy's greatest strengths were a quarterback sneaker. Um, rushing touchdowns are a little bit more difficult just because, again, you have to be in position. So Jalen Hurts led the league last year with 10. Ryan Tannehill, second, seven. Josh Allen six, Kyler Murray, five, Sam Darnold, five. Those are, I mean, it seems like that's a lot. Lamar Jackson is a name that a lot of people think of. He only, he started 12 games and he rushed for two. The Bears, Justin Fields, Scrambler, not, (laughs) don't have a lot of scoring opportunities. So that's why he only had two. I think Trey Lance is going to go over seven. I think that he's, I mean, obviously that's not one touchdown a game, but I think one touchdown every other game makes sense and you have to think so in these situations like the packers the two the two-point conversion last last year those are like layups you're gonna have an extra guy and essentially you're it's trey lance first a linebacker to the edge you're gonna take those numbers every day of the week so i can see him racking up you know two touchdowns here uh two touchdowns there and getting to that seven and a half number what do you think Completely right. Go over as well, because we saw last season, like I mentioned, against the Packers, he scored the touchdown against the Cardinals in his one start. I remember the play where he was trying to get to the pylon. I think whoever it was, the Cardinals linebacker, he trucked him, but and he didn't score. But, you know, I, I see a lot of those type of plays where, like you mentioned, it's Trey Lance getting out to the edge, trying to score uh, and beat a linebacker to the pylon and I think he'll get to seven pretty easily as well. So that's why I think the total touchdown number probably exceeds the 24 and a half that we talked about earlier, probably closer to 30 maybe. But um, yeah, I think, I think he'll have more rushing touchdowns than, than seven. Do you know who Arpon is? I do. Um, we were at that game, Trey Lance's first start. It was for his bachelor party. So we, t- we all took a bus. Um, Evan Sowers was there. It was a great time. We took a party bus to that game. Um, Bet on that game, 49ers, plus six and a half. They lose 17 to 10. Um, they lose 17 to 10, and they go one for five. 
on fourth down conversions. Uh, Trey Lance throws an interception on the first drive. They go three for 11 on third downs. It's a game they should have won. Everything possible that went wrong, I felt like could have gone wrong, and they still had a chance to win. Yes, they should have won the game. Um, They were the better team that day. Uh, It was pretty brutal to watch, knowing that you have like a ticket in hand. but I'm what the reason I bring that game up, and I'm glad you brought that game up, is so many of those fourth down conversions, even that one where I think it was Isaiah Simmons um, on, along the goal line. Yeah. If they do that play 10 times, trade scores nine of those times. And I think that was just the one time where I don't know if he didn't know what to do, didn't know how he wanted to get in, but that was a big, big touchdown off the board. And I think if they get that score, that's when the offense starts to get confidence and whatnot. So, okay. Good segue to turnovers, interceptions. We're going to set that at 14 and a half. What's important for people to know is rookies are going to turn the ball over. It could very well happen right out of the gate against the Bears. Uh, well, it happened right out of the gate against the Cardinals last year where he just airmailed a throw, ball sailed on him, threw an interception. There are going to be probably several instances next year where you're wondering, what the hell was that? And he's going to turn the ball over, and people need to accept that. Uh, 14, so almost an interception per game. What do you think? Is that just interceptions or is that interceptions and fumbles? No, no, so strictly interceptions, right? Strictly interceptions. Set You set the line at 14 or 14 and a half? 14 and a half, let's call it. 14 and a half. So let's go through Jimmy Garoppolo's interception numbers in his two full seasons. And keep in mind, he didn't even play 17 games in either season. Um, he threw 13 picks and then 12 picks. Uh, rookie quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence re- led the way with 17 picks, which I think he led the league with 17 picks, which is ugly. Mac Jones had 13, and then Zach Wilson had 11, and Justin Fields had 10. So I feel like f- 14 is sad to say more achievable than right. I think when we just say 14 picks, you're like, oh my god, that's a lot, but. Then you're like, yeah, you know, that's like around a, a pick a game. And, you know, there's going to be some games where you play tougher defenses. Maybe it's, you know, an in-division game. You're on the road. It's national TV, something like that. Yeah, you end up throwing multiple picks in that game. Sometimes they snowball quickly out of hand. And uh, next thing you know, you're you're closer to 14 picks than you think for the season. So I'll, I'll go over on that as well. I'm going to go over too. Um, I think he's going to turn the ball over. I think there's going to be a lot of variance with Trey Lance in both good and bad where, uh, so let's use Jimmy as an example. So in, in Jimmy's case, in 2021 and 2019, he had seven games where he threw multiple interceptions. And we just kind of got accustomed to that, right? Where the quarterback's probably going to turn the ball over this game and Kyle Shannon and the rest of the offense are going to have to coach around that. You're just like, when is this turnover going to happen? And right. please be in an opportune time. And sure enough, like a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of times that came to fruition. So if that was the case with, you know, a 29, 30-year-old quarterback, it's probably going to be the case with a first-year starting quarterback. So I would imagine 14 and a half happens. Um, let's do this. So I mentioned in two years, Jimmy had seven multiple turnover games this season do you think we get uh, three, let's call it three and a half, where three and a half games where Trey throws more than uh, two interceptions? More than two or two or more? Two or more, I should say. Uh, I think so. 
Yeah. I think so. I think there's going to be games where, where that happens. And, that, and that's okay. And I don't want people to think us saying, oh, he's going to turn the ball over a lot. It's going to mean that, you know, he has a bad season or the 49ers don't win as many games. Because as we've seen with Jimmy Garoppolo in the past, you can turn the ball over and still find ways to win, just given how talented this team is, how talented this defense is, especially because he, you know, they've continually found ways to bail the offense out. And I think the difference with Trey Lance is he's going to make enough high-end plays to balance out those negative turnovers or misses or whatever the case is. And so, but I think, I think there's just going to be games that are ugly and you'll have to find a way to ride those games out and find a way to stay in them and find a way to win them. And it's just kind of what life is like with a young 21, 22 year old at, at starting quarterback. Yeah. I mean, in 2019, in those multiple interception games, the 49ers won all of those for Jimmy. Like it, like he threw multiple interceptions and it just didn't matter. Last year, not so much. They only won one of the four games where he threw multiple interceptions. All right. So we've done, have we done rushing yards yet? I know we did rushing touchdowns. Let's we do, did not do rushing yards. Rushing yards because this is an area where I feel like uh, Trey is going to really excel. I've, I've long made, at least this offseason anyway, made the comparison to Donovan McNabb, who ran for 600 yards as a rookie quarterback. So uh, league leaders for quarterbacks rushing last year, Jalen Hurts, 784, Lamar Jackson, 767, Josh Allen, 763, who is easily the Bills' best rusher, and I would, if I was the Bills' offensive coordinator, I would run him a ton. He is incredible as a runner. Anyway, Kyler Murray, 423. There's a big drop-off after Allen, by the way. So you go from 763 down to 423, 404. Um, and then Mahomes quietly had, ran for 381 yards. Let's set this total at 550. So he's going to be near the league leaders in rushing just because of the volume that Trey Lance is going to have. Um, do you think he runs for more than 550 yards in his first year as a starter? I'm going to go under because just, again, looking at the quarterback rushing leaders from last season, only Hurt, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen ran for more than that number there, 550. Guys like Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, all the guys that you mentioned, Justin Herbert, all, all ran for less. And I think Trey Lance is going to get the volume of carries. Um it's just a matter of can he break a few and now you have a couple, you know, 20, 30, 25, you know, those type runs to help get to that type number. Um, I, I just don't know if he's – he might be – I don't know if he quite has the speed slash elusiveness that a Lamar Jackson does, right? He does not. Um, and Josh Allen's a little different in, in terms of his just size and toughness and that Buffalo just ran the hell out of him last season in certain instances. I don't know if the 49ers are going to put Trey Lance in that spot. The other thing is Buffalo didn't necessarily have running backs to just hand the ball off to. And I think the 49ers are going to use Ty Davis Price, Elijah Mitchell, hopefully Trey Sermon, maybe Debo Samuel. And they love to get everybody involved in the running game. That's Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle. I'm sure they'll hand the ball off to Brandon Ayuk. So I think there's going to be enough touches that are spread around that I think it's going to be tough to get to 550 yards, which, again, is okay. Yeah, that's a good point. I think Trey's going to be closer to 400. And as I mentioned earlier, like the, the selection of Ty Davis Price wasn't just for Debo, it was for Trey Lance as well. And uh, Ray McLeod, Danny Gray, like all these guys, you can get the ball into their hands, whether it's it doesn't just have to be like a jet sweep or whatever, but it can be screens, which are 
yard, you know, extended running plays anyway. So uh, I think they have enough weapons surrounding Trey where they don't have to rely on him like Buffalo does uh, rely on everything when it comes to Josh Allen. So, yeah, I, I go under there. That's still like quite a bit, though, like to be around that 400 yard mark. OK, completion percentage, which, you know, is it that's a number that is has a lot of flaws to it. It doesn't really tell the whole story, but people like to talk about it. And it, it does kind of give you an idea, at least a starting point. So during his career, Jimmy has had a high completion percentage. He finished this past season 68%. Uh, in 2020, he was 67%. And in 2019, he was 69%, which I believe was near the top, if not one of the tops. I know he was right there with Drew Brees in 2019. So this past season, the league leaders in completion percentage, and it's tough just because um, there are some some people are up here, for example, like Mitch Trubisky, who um, only had four, four games. But uh, Joe Burrow, 70%. Kyler Murray, 69%. Aaron Rodgers, like just the best quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, 68. Dak Prescott, 68. Uh, Derek Carr, 68. And then, as I mentioned, Jimmy, Jimmy G was 68. So in Kyle Shanahan's offense, a lot of receivers are open a lot of the time. There's really no excuse not to have a completion percentage over 67% in this offense, just because like with what they do, how they build their passing game off of uh, the run game, run action. And then just with the speed and space that they can create, there's going to be a ton of dudes open. So let's set this exactly where Jimmy was at. So uh, 67 and a half, what do you think? I'll go under just because Trey Lance hasn't, shown that at least in the pros right he's been i know they talked about his throwing motion and maybe how that contributes to his uh inaccuracy the way his feet are set you know i'm, I'm not a quarterback motion expert to tell you why that's the case but uh i think last year he was sub 65 i believe right do you have his completion percentage in front of you jimmy for what year sorry for trey lance for last oh, season Trey Lance. Uh, i do not but i thought it was like sub 60. No, I don't believe it was great. Uh, 57.7% last season. So that's a 10% jump. And I also expect Trey Lance to be more of a downfield thrower. That's something that just Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't, right? Jimmy Garoppolo had one of the lowest average depth of targets, and I expect Trey Lance to have one of the higher average depth of targets, um, which doesn't necessarily equate to better offense, but I just think that's how it's going to be constructed given, you know, uh, his arm talent, given the fact that they added someone like Danny Gray, just it seems like they're emphasizing verticality in this offense now, and I think that's going to lead to just a little bit more variance. And so I think 67 and a half is going to be tough. I think if Trey Lance is somewhere in like the low to mid 60s, that would be a good jump, right? It's something Josh Allen went through, right? He started out in the 50s and he kind of slowly worked up and. If Trey Lance is able to make like a five, six percent leap from 57, I think that's probably a good starting point. So I'll say under. Yeah, maybe I should have read off the rookie quarterback ones too. So yeah, Mac Jones, known as a very accurate passer, uh, was among the league leaders at 67%. And then whether it's like Wilson, Fields, or whatever, uh, they were they were more closer to the middle of the pack, if not below average. I think he's going to finish closer to like 64, 65. But as you mentioned, I don't think it's going to be a big deal with the more, you know, explosive plays. I think there's going to be a lot of there. I think the 49ers, if they're in third and 10, 
it's not going to be as big of a deal as it were uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo was under center. And I think that's going to be the biggest difference that we see with the 49ers just because they're going to be able to stretch the field and they're going to be able to use those weapons down the field. So I think they're going to be far more exciting. And that means some of the efficiency numbers like completion percentage are going to dip, which isn't too big of a deal at all. Is there any other stats that you want to cover here? I think you've gone through them all, right? You've gone through games, passing, touchdowns. Have you talked about passing yards? I believe so. Okay. I think we've covered all uh, – Rob's shaking his head no. So no? I, all I right. Think, I didn't think we went through passing yards either. Okay. Well, let's end with passing yards. So Jimmy threw 3,800 and 3,900, close to 4,000. Uh, let's talk about the rookies, of course. So Mac Jones threw for 3,800. Trevor Lawrence threw for 3,600, 3,641 last year. Let's set Trey's total right around, right in between Jimmy for 2021 and 2019. So let's set Trey at 3,850, which, if I mean, to give you guys context, to give you an idea of where that's um, at for the rest of uh, the NFL starters. Probably, I mean, it is above average. So. It's above average, I'd say. And for context, let's say Trey Lance does play 17 games. That's about 225 yards a game. So when you say, is Trey Lance going to pass for 225 a game, that, that sounds less, right? But if you do that over a 17-game season, you end up at 38, 50 yards, which is, I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got pretty close to 4,000 yards because – it's not like he was a volume passer in 2019, but he had a couple of explosive games where he threw for over 400 and then kind of balanced out some of the, the lower passing yard games. So I'm going to lean under, but I think this is the hardest one. I think he's going to be pretty close to that number. Um, Cause again, I think he's going to have some explosive passing games. He's going to have some duds in there, but I think it's going to be all said and done. I think it's going to be somewhere that, 36, 3,700 range. I think if he played kind of with this rookie class, right, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills, et cetera, I think he would be right there with Mac Jones for leader in passing yards, who had 3,801 last season. You mentioned uh, Jimmy. So he had five games last year where he was under 200 yards, which seems tough to do. In this offense. And then he had four, I believe he had four games where he was over 300 yards. So he was, he was kind of all over the place. And that goes, uh, that ties into a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo. But if we are expecting Trey to, you know, be more explosive, to push the ball down the field more. And uh, for, I mean, if you would watch a couple of his starts, especially the, the first one in Arizona, Shanahan came out, like they were very aggressive throwing the ball. So uh, if that's going to be the case, I, I think he goes over here. So that number 3850, that would have put Trey Lance one spot ahead of Jimmy, obviously, since he missed a couple of those games. But that would have been good for 11th in the NFL, which is probably right around where I expect him to finish in a lot of categories. I think he's going to be top 15, probably on the fringe of the top 10. I think he goes over just because I think there are going to be a few of those 300 yard games. And of course, naturally, there's going to be, you know, a couple stinkers in there. And there are there will be games as well where, you know, he's he's probably on the borderline of like 200, but he has some rushing yards and rushing stats as well. I think one thing to keep an eye on is, you know, how the 49ers are doing. So it like, are they relying on Trey Lance to keep them in games or are the games out of hand where they don't have to throw the ball, which 
I mean, just again, taking it back to last year, taking it back to Jimmy, like on these games where this is the second week of the season, he throws for 189 yards. That's against a Philly team where they really couldn't do anything. They lost that game. Uh, later on, the Seahawks, the the Colts, both of those games were sub 200 yards where the Colts, that was rainy. So, I mean, sure, you get a pass for that, but then there are always those Rams games where last year, 31 or yeah, 31 10. Uh, they be, they just beat up on the Rams. They really didn't have to throw the ball. They can turn around and hand it off, and they can do whatever they want. So context matters here as well. Don't know how many of those we'll get on either side from Lance, but I I imagine um, more often than not, I just err on the high side with yards for him. So it'll be fun, man, because there are so many things, so many variables in the 49ers offense that are dependent on Trey Lance's success. Will the center, will the left guard, will the right guard hold up? Uh, will the wide receivers catch the ball? Will Trey Lance be able to get the ball off on time? Will he see the field? Does Again, so many different factors play, but that's what's going to make it fun. And uh, three weeks, man, before you know it, training camp will be here. All eyes will be on Lance. Can't wait, man. Uh, I, th- I think I'm ready for football to get get here. I, we're, we're kind of in no man's land here. And, um Soon enough. Soon enough. Uh, what are you looking forward to? Just football starting again. You and I, especially, I think when the season gets going, we enjoy that process so much, right? Whether it's uh, getting ready for a game, um, studying the opponent, then after the game, watching it and finding things and all that kind of stuff. So during the season for those 17 games, we're just kind of on a routine. And I know you and I really enjoy that. So the off season, especially like this month, is always tough because there's just – there's no actual football content to talk about. It's a lot of just the stories and previewing stuff. So just ready for it to get started in three weeks. And I think the biggest the biggest question mark with the 49ers is their starting quarterback, which happens to be the most important position in all of sports. And I think that's why a lot of the national folks are struggling to predict what the 49ers will look like because they just have a big question mark at, at quarterback in, in a good way, right? They just have kind of a enigma and unknown. So – We'll see what that looks like. We'll start to get a glimpse of it when pads come on in three weeks and, and we'll kind of see where it goes from there. But I think that's it for us. We appreciate you hanging with us. Uh, episode 97, KP and I talk about this all the time. We can't believe we're 97 episodes in. It, it just felt like we started and we're almost at 100 episodes. So appreciate you for sticking with us. I'll, as always, rate us five stars wherever you listen. Niners Nation Podcast Network, go subscribe rate and review, uh, drop a question, drop a comment. We always appreciate it. KP, where can they find you on the socials? KP, I work one of the best receivers of all time, football camps. <laughs> KP underscore show for all your wide receiver needs. <laughs> if you ever need uh, Larry Fitzgerald's autograph, at KP underscore show. <laughs> I'll sell it to you. <laughs> you can find me at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. We appreciate you guys once again and go now.